What's up, everybody? Thank you for listening to another episode of The Swipe File. You know what the tagline for The Swipe File is? What is it? Your favorite marketer's favorite marketing podcast, I think. Your Does favorite marketer's favorite yeah, like, marketing podcast? Think about who your favorite marketing person is, and this is the podcast they listen to. And if it's not, I just made a tagline that makes it seem like it is. I think it should be every marketer's favorite marketing podcast. Oh, that's pretty good, too. Every marketer's favorite marketing podcast? All right. So Kate's here. Kate runs Demand Gen here at Drift, and I love Kate. And she's uh, really good at what she does, and I realized that I'm not doing a good enough job with this podcast. Like, it's not just me talking. I thought, like, look, we're marketing people doing marketing to marketers. Like, let's talk more about what's actually happening. And you made a change recently to our whole funnel at Drift, and I wanted to talk about that on this episode of The Swipe File because I want to get in the weeds and talk about it. So give me the whole backstory. I want top to bottom. This is why I didn't prep because I already have the prep in my head. Uh, okay, so the whole backstory on why we, on how I changed our entire marketing and sales funnel. Boom, there's your clip. There's uh, your clip. <laughs> there's your clip. Okay, so here is the, the entire story. So, uh, as you know, uh, before I joined Drift, I was customer, right? And yep. I've been a longtime fan. I've been seeking. I've been. Uh, I was a longtime seeking wisdom listener before you killed it. Let me tell you thanks, something. If you want to know, that, this is. Uh, maybe we'll put this. We'll put this episode out next week. But if you want to know what I did for an hour last night while I was rocking my son to sleep, is Kate's blowing me up, asking me about like, why do you keep waffling on bringing seeking wisdom back? It's a staple of brand. You better do it. And so we have a plan, but anyway, yes, long time. I, I think actually what I said is, why do you keep killing things people love? <laughs> Damn, <laughs> which is like, which is actually, no, there's something like actually real in there that I thought about this morning walking to work was like, I actually do think that one marketing mistake that I make over and over is like killing the hits mm -hmm. as opposed to like, I was listening to another marketing podcast and they were talking about, it's almost like a show, right? Like you have a successful show on Broadway or something and it's successful in that one market. And then you just, you're like, well, it's working here. Versus like, what we should be doing is taking like, whoa, if it's successful in New York, I wonder if we could take it to Boston and mm. take it to Chicago and take it to Paris. And like, yeah, that is like a, a weak point. So thanks for kicking my ass and we'll get back in there. Yeah, you're welcome. Okay, so the funnel. All so right, so I've been a long fir time. First time, first time caller, what's your joke? First time caller? Long time fan, long, first time caller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I, so I and I've just been listening to to you and DC and all your stuff for a long time. And so then I got here and started working here, and uh, you know I saw I saw the power of Drift as a customer. And then I got here and I was like, they're like, okay, so you got to do some webinars. So I started getting on some webinars talking about conversational marketing, the power of it, and the yep. power of what we saw. Yep. And I get on the webinars and and talk about how B2B marketing is so lost and it's so broken and why is it so lost and broken? It's because we have optimized for acronyms instead of optimizing for people, mm -hmm. right? So it's like, uh, and I'd, I'd talk a, lo a lot about that and like I'd say it and as you know, right? You say that and everybody's like, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Like so yeah. broken, so broken. Yes, like why do I do that? I hate that. And then I take off my headset and be done with the webinar. I'd come back and be like, okay, team, where are we at? Where are those MQAs at? Right. Let's go. You know? And yeah, so, like so, MQ oh, so MQAs is what we had been using for like measuring uh, lead gen. We marketing qualified yeah. accounts. Instead of marketing qualified leads, there's a whole separate topic we could do on leads versus accounts. But yeah. so we were doing MQAs. So basically, you felt like we had this 
the real answer is like we had this perception on the outside of like we're telling this one story to the world mm -hmm. but then even as a marketing person a marketing leader demand gen leader at drift you felt like wait a second the story that we're telling the world is not what i'm measured on in my spreadsheet here that i have to share to the exec team yeah yeah and and then it was also just um i think words matter right you you talk about this all the time like words matter and so words are incredibly important and so what we what i get up in front of the company and talk about every monday during our monday metric session and what you get up and talk about is like okay here's where we're at with mqas and it's like okay so marketing qualified leads marketing qualified accounts like no those are actually people right. and so like all of the the amazing stuff that that we've been talking about for so long is like we have been, we got lost in a little bit ourselves too right and so that's and that's hard and and so we just we've been taking like the traditional marketing funnel that every uh great marketer and and salespeople uh use today and put it in drift and said this is our funnel and i was like no it's not our funnel is different because we're customer centric and we're people centric and we remember that people are there and so uh we just i just uh changed it all which went over really well actually well i think i think it went it probably went over well because you had a real story behind the why it mm -hmm. wasn't like it wasn't like i think what a lot of marketers do is like and i've tried to do this myself is like I don't, this metric isn't working for me. I'm not hitting the number. I want to change the metric to be this because I can hit this. Where, yeah. like, I think you had a deeper story there, which is like, look, we're trying to write the new playbook for modern marketing. And we, the one thing that I think everybody can agree on today is that, like, nobody wants to be marketed to. We all just want to be treated like people. We want yeah. businesses to treat us like people. But then the huge disconnect is you're a person, you're Kate, you show up on somebody's website, but then you fill out a form or go in through chat, and all of a sudden you're like, boom. That's now a good lead in the system. Ooh, VP of demand gen at a really fast-growing SaaS company. That's a good lead. Mm. No, that's Kate, right? right? Like that's the big difference. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. That's. I say that to people, and we always, every marketer just literally sits there and starts like, uh, being like, yes, a hundred percent. Like, uh, why yeah. am I talking about these acronyms? Why am I talking about MQL, SQL, S like SQA, like SAL, all of these things? Yeah. It's like no, like. That's just Dave. And like, and so when I go out, if I were to open this door right now and go out and talk to one of our sales reps, and I said, hey, why aren't you calling my MQLs? They'd be like, well, because this and that and all these other reasons, right? And, and but if I went out there and I said, hey, why didn't you call Dave? That would be a different conversation. Like the context of that conversation yeah. is entirely different, right? All right, so I'm gonna diagram for you. So, okay, so this is one stage of the funnel. So we have interested people. Before we go down the funnel, tell me more about what are the inputs in, inter what, who, what, who gets counted? Because marketers, yeah. yes, we did change the definition. It's much more friendly, but at the end of the day, we're marketers, like the people that listen to this, we still want points, <laughs> right? Yeah. We still want credit for the interested people that we're generating. So tell me how somebody becomes an interested person in your funnel today, our funnel. Yes, we, so we changed it. So I think one nuance there is like, we changed the name, we did not change the definition. So we changed it from marketing qual MQA, marketing qualified account, yeah. to interested people. Uh, we are, we're gonna make one other change, which is uh, we're, we're not gonna talk about accounts because businesses don't buy from businesses. Uh, buy people, from people buy from, yeah. buy from businesses. Which is, that's a hot take, by the way, because that flies <laughs> in the face of everyone out there who says, who, who talks about ABM, right? You're marketing to accounts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
but it's people inside of that. Right, you're not marketing to accounts, you're yeah. marketing to the people within right. a business. And like, if, if anyone out there, I've said this on a couple of webinars now, I haven't gotten it yet, but this is like my outstanding challenge. I would like somebody to bring me a contract that they have signed by a company. Like, bring it to me to show me that the business who bought from your business, please. <laughs> That's so, like, a challenge. Show me, yeah. like, where, like, LLC yeah. actually signed that contract. They didn't, There's right? There's always like, someone Gerhardt that has to make signed that contract. Yeah. Uh, Kate Adams signed sure. that contract. Actual Dan signed actual that Dan. contract. That's Dan's Slack. Dan's Slack name is Actual Dan, <laughs> which is pretty good. Because there's, fun fact, bunch of Dan's. Okay, so what? So in here is like interested people webinar registration. People who attend our webinars that that's that meet our specific criteria, right? So for us, it's um, we've talked about all the secret sauce, but it's like you ha you meet specific criteria. Every business has that, right? Yeah. Where you know what who your ideal customer profile is, like who you're most successful uh, at selling to and who is most successful with the tool that you are selling. And so then you you actually uh, deliver those people to the sales team. And so we didn't change those definitions. It's still like you your website, it gets this much traffic and you have this, you meet this criteria. Right. I didn't change any of those things, but they're actually, they're interested people yeah. at the very top. I, so I felt, so I had been out all summer basically. And then I came back and the first week that I was back was an event that we had, which mm. was the B2B sales and marketing exchange. Yeah. And it was cool because I didn't know a ton about what you had done with the funnel. And then I saw the next day, um, you know, Tammy, who's on your team was like, hey, we had, uh, or, or we, we basically, our marketing ops team sends out this daily email that's our marketing pacing, which shows like how we're performing against our goal that day. So it's a great snapshot. I, it's my favorite email I get a day. Mm -hmm. um, even though I'm not a metrics guy, you know, I do love that email, mm -hmm. wink. Um, and so, so the, in the email it said like, hey, we, we had 41 interested people from B2B MX yesterday. And I e replied to Lynn who runs marketing ops for us. And I was like, whoa, I was like, that's awesome. Like, what is an interested person? She's like, oh, it's people that came by our booth and had a conversation with us. Think about how different that sounds than like, those are the, mostly it's like, those are 41, 41 badges we scanned in our booth, yeah. right? Like, so to see that, I felt that firsthand, like, oh, 41 interested people to go up to somebody's booth at an event where you know someone's gonna try to sell you something, like that is a sign of interest. Yeah, and so sure. I love the positioning of that and kind of seeing how that actually fits in the funnel. Yeah, and we don't do, we also don't do like the badge scanning for the sake of badge scanning. I've been at places where we do that and uh, have like encouraged teams of people to do that, but we do not do that <laughs> here. I learned that, that was an important lesson. Yeah, uh, but but like I think I think we're learning, right? Like we're trying to, we're out there, we gotta rewrite this playbook and I think you and I are both really passionate about trying to push the rest of the people that we work with, you know, on the exec team, for example, at Drift, to like rethink this because we do wanna write the new playbook out there. And so, however, there are some things that like you can see, oh yeah, it would, so sure, we don't wanna have badge scanners, but we do want to get the contact information of the people we talk to. And so yeah. our challenge as a marketing team is like, how do we figure out what's the new way of that, right? Mm -hmm. Where it doesn't feel so like, hey, I'll trade you a five, $5 Starbucks gift card if I can scan your badge. Yeah. So we, we right. do stuff like we had books at our at our booth, we had t-shirts and We create lounge and, experiences, yeah. right? Where it's like, hey, yeah. do you wanna just come here and hang out and let's talk about what you're doing for marketing today, yep. right? Like that's, that's different, that's fundamentally different. Don't come to me because you want a pen. Uh, <laughs> come over here because you wanna like really talk about 
uh, how we can help you achieve your goals and like how you can stand out in your organization as the yeah. best marketer there. And I think that's that's the that's what you have to be as a sales and marketing team today is you have to be positioned as experts in your space. Yeah. Right. I want to buy from an expert. I don't want to go. Uh, I don't want to go to the. My, I got this. My foot has been bothering me, and I gotta call my doctor and gotta go check on my foot. Mm. I don't know what it is, and I want to go to somebody who. I want to go to an expert. I don't want to Google like what's wrong with my foot, right? I, so same thing is true. Like I want to buy my sales and marketing software from somebody who actually knows more than I do. All right, interested people number one. Then further next step down the funnel is scheduled conversations. Scheduled conversations, yeah. So that's the other piece. So we would call that. Uh, we'd call that meetings, uh, other places we'd call that a sales qualified lead, an SQL, et cetera, more acronyms, any acronym you can think yeah. of, right? People have thrown that in there. And it was like, what's the, what's, what's the point of every marketer today? Why does marketing exist? Marketing exists to start and nurture conversations through a, a process so that uh, you can help people achieve their goals. And like, that's why every marketer should wake up every day, which is like, how do I how do I just get more conversations? Yes, yeah. and th and this was great because like th this gives us the I mean it's you still diagnose the funnel in the same way, but I think we even had discussions this week about like okay there was this many interested people, but uh, this number was off the scheduled conversations. Okay, well why? Well this person was out and so we didn't follow. Like it gives us I think it feel it gives more structured conversation other than like why are you not following up with these leads salespeople? It's yeah. like no we had interested and the way you position it is interesting to see you do it. It's like hey sales team we had interested people who we have not scheduled conversations with yet. Yeah, that feels different than you just yelling at a sales team like most marketing leaders do like follow up with these goddamn leads no because it, it also i don't think that uh our job does not stop at like just generating interested people no um our job doesn't stop until we have extraordinarily happy customers who are like who are buying more seats and like talking and talking about drift like telling the world about why drift is like the best tool that they've bought mm -hmm. uh, in the last five years like that that's when our job start stops which is we, we have a lot of work to do yeah so. i mean ultimately it doesn't matter right mm -hmm. if we ju if we juice the interested people number but they're not scheduling any conversations then we have a different problem i don't want to feed anybody crap. uh what's this bucket money <laughs> no. So then, so there's scheduled conversations and then there's held conversations, right? And then from held conversations, that's when most uh, organizations would get into opportunities, uh, which I think are, is, I think it's crap. Uh, and here's why I think it's crap. Uh, opportunities? Opportunities are crap. And so I think it's crap because it's like, it's, they're not opportunities, they're future customers, right? Mm. When you get to a point when you are, are creating what in the Salesforce paradigm they're saying is like an opportunity, right? Like whatever uh, medic or BANT criteria you're using today in order to define when you create an opportunity, what you're saying is like there is, an, there is a chance that this person is going to be a customer. And so that means that they are future customers. Whether you lose that opportunity in the next 90 days or not, Mm. They are still a future customer. They could come back in six months. We see it all the time, right? Yes. Which is like, oh, they considered us six months ago. Then they walked away. They tried something else. It didn't work. Now they came back. They were always a future customer in that time. And so, uh, and I also think it just, it. I think, again, words matter and it's powerful. It's like, oh, actually, yeah, you're going to, you're our next customer. Great news. You're our next customer. At some it point. It may be in the next 
15 days, it may be in the next 30, it may be in the next two years, yeah. but you are you are a future customer. And like that context is wildly different too. Yeah, because opportunity is like a, it's a moment in time. It's mm -hmm. like, maybe, maybe it could be renamed to like, someone that might actually become a customer this month, right? Like, it, whereas an opportunity, I had somebody email me the other day, said he's been a fan of Drift for three years and he just bought, okay? And so that person was probably in our system for three years. Yep. Right. And, and how would we ever track the lifetime of that person yeah. and what it was that they, that made them buy today? Yeah, totally. OK, so it's future customer and then it's uh, it's not deals, it's customers, customers. And, and that's and that's a people centric view of the world of the funnel. Oh, that's a good title. A, a people centric funnel. I'm just writing this down for my notes. Dan's Dan's zooming in on me writing for God knows whatever reason. Okay, I love it. I want to actually thought of something else while I had while while you're on this set. I think we should talk about. Okay. I want to talk about. Um, so so this is a funnel. Only goal of that was to say like, look, think about your funnel differently. And if we if you really do believe in this philosophy of there is no more B two B, there is no more B two C. There's only marketing to people, selling and marketing to people. Like, I think our challenge to you would be see if you can rename your funnel. And then come and and let us know that you did it. Like take a screenshot of your of your dashboard. You can blur everything out and, and send it to Kate and I. That would be that would be amazing. And I think this is cool. Like I actually think this is a talk that you should go give later this year. Yeah, but, totally. Um, the other thing, so the feedback I get on this from people is like, how do I go sell this internally to my CEO? How do I sell this to my executive team? And a hundred percent, like I am uh, one of the luckiest demand gen people in the world because I. Uh, work for an executive team that are like, yes, that is a story we've been telling for three years. Yeah. You're right, we should do this. And sure. so like they, and, and actually, so when I shared this, I shared this on the marketing Slack channel here, and I had salespeople coming in being like, yes, and by the way, what is it, what's our people-centric sales process look like? And and like it started this whole other conversation, which was amazing, and like I'm incredibly lucky to have that. but. I understand, like, and I know if I were to go sell this into other organizations I've been at, like, people would have, like, laughed at me or just, like, not had the, the reaction that I got here. And I get that it's hard, but I think you have to go tell the story about why this matters. You mm -hmm. have to go tell that story of, like, listen, like, show me the contract that says, like, oh, Amazon bought from us. Do you know what I mean? It, it, it wasn't. It was Jeff Bezos who bought from you, right? right? And um, and I think you have to tell that narrative and talk about why it matters. And this has to be like a value of your organization. And it also has to, you have to talk about why you think that this is important. And even like the other thing I just thought of is that oftentimes even the, the yes, the signature of the person who might sign the contract is not even the most the person who might even use the thing that you're selling, right? Like, yeah. think about. So we had um, the CMO of SurveyMonkey speak at Hypergrowth yeah. earlier this week. Awesome. She was awesome, and she had she has a team of 90 marketers, right? She signs all the marketing contracts, yeah. but I asked her how she how she bought, and it didn't come up in that conversation because we only had like 30 minutes, but. The night before, I asked her how she bought, and she said, well, to be honest, I don't really have a good answer for that one that you're going to like because uh, I let my team do the buying, right? I have people, I have hired people that work on my team, yeah. and I trust them. And so if Kate or Dave or whoever comes to me and says, Lila, we need to buy this thing, I say, great. Is it in the budget? How are we going to track it? How are we going to prove it's successful? Okay, cool. I'll sign. Yeah. And so there, 
that's most even more important because it's not even the person who signs it. It's like there's probably five, six, seven yeah. other people who are going to use that product. That's who matters the most. And by the way, if that doesn't work or you didn't deliver on the right promise or the rep gave them a bad demo or the marketing experience was bad after they signed up, that all reflects across like multiple, you have might have multiple people inside a company that aren't going to, that are going to block you from buying that you don't even know about. Totally. Totally. You need to know, like, serious decisions should call that, like, the demand unit, the demand unit wanna for all, and all those things. It's yeah. like, and now we'll just we'll do more acronyms yeah. and take the people out of that even more. Right. You know what I mean? And that's what, but yes, there's a group of people, and they are together and they are making decisions. And one of those people will sign the contract, but three others will make it the decision mm -hmm. and, like, give you a red or a green light mm -hmm. for sure. I dig it. Okay, let's let's spend like maybe five minutes on this before we wrap up. But I want to talk about just shift to talk about more about like you as a marketing leader, mm -hmm. and a lot of marketing leaders and future leaders listen to this podcast. What what are some of the like mistakes you've made in your career as a first time marketing leader? Um, not that you're first time marketing leader now, but if you if you were to go back ten years ago, what what are some of the things that you would you would like want to tell yourself before you got that first director job, VP job? Yeah, the number one lesson that I've had in my career over the last uh, too many years uh, has been, um, it was, so I'm incredibly analytical, I'm incredibly driven, uh, and I'm incredibly like, I'm just numbers driven and like, uh, I, I'm always thinking about the, when I walk out of the office every day, I don't think about the 30 things I got done today. I think about the 10 that I didn't. And like that's, uh, has, has leads to like, not a great, um, the positive outlook yeah. on myself all uh -huh. the time. But, um, when I started managing teams, uh, my manager at the time, uh, Amy Jones reminded me that like, it, this is not, management is not about just getting the outcomes you want you have to work on the soft skills component of that too and like that was uh she's like you can you can be amazing and great but if your people dislike you and hate you or don't feel like you care about them and uh don't understand the why between why you're doing some of the things like then it's it's all useless and you you'll go nowhere you'll you will not be successful and uh, that was like the number one biggest lesson. And like, it's helped me, I, I have to remind myself of it all the time, but it's helped me tremendously throughout my career. And so have you, but you've probably seen a difference, right? The more that you've worked on those skills and yeah. created a team environment that people want to be on, you probably end up getting better results because of that. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. The teams are happier, they're more cohesive, they understand the why, they like, it's all of those things. But there's there's definitely times like that where I overextend on one thing and then I have to come back. Yeah. It's a pendulum swing. Right? And it's hard though, right? Because you could be in a you can be in a meeting with like the whole management team or whoever and there's a lot of pressure to, hey, why is this number in the red? And it's easy to then go back to your desk and be like, Okay, I got a plan. We're gonna do this, we're gonna do this, I need this person, this person, we're gonna hear. And then you just drop that on the team and go. Yeah. And I think like I do this a lot where like I don't think about what I need to do in between that meeting. Yeah. Like I just come back out of that meeting and then drop it on the team versus like, maybe I should like grab four or five of them and go into, you know, like we should all get together and go for a coffee or something yeah. and say, hey, look, 
how's everybody doing? Okay, cool. I need your help on something. Yeah. You know, I, I've gotten great feedback from Michelle, who's one of our amazing designers. She's like, I do better work on the stuff when you come and you get me excited about it yeah. and you tell me a story about it versus just like when you drop an email that's like, I need this thing by Friday. Yep. And I even in the in the demand gen team meeting now. So uh, I recently just just listened to I didn't read a uh, trillion dollar coach by Bill Campbell, yeah. right? Which is like, yeah. uh, hold on, you don't need a qualifier. It's the same. It, it's a, it's the same. <laughs> you were you gonna read a book sure, in your sure. car sitting on the ninety five every every morning? That'd be fucking terrible. That'd be awful. Uh, okay, so anyway, so I uh, listened to that, and Bill used to start every one of his meetings. There's a l- lesson in there where you had to give a weekend report. And, and it was like you had to actually report yeah. on your weekend. That's the reason why nightmare. he did that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what'd you do this weekend? <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, that to me felt like, yeah, I, I would hate that because yeah. it would be the same thing every time. Yeah, like yeah. I chased Henry around for <laughs> two days and, like, <laughs> right, like, did, yeah. and now I came here so I could rest. <laughs> 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 and uh, and oh, so I like can I was just go to for a walk right now and get a coffee by myself. <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> I can go to the bathroom for like <laughs> yeah, two minutes. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, anyway, so yeah, and that would be boring. So for the rest of the team too. So we don't do weekend reports. Uh, and I would also get incredibly depressed by like hearing the team being like, oh, I had this amazing brunch with my friends for three hours. And I'd be like <laughs> <laughs> a puddle of tears at the <laughs> afterwards, right? Dan uh, was telling me that he just moved. And so yesterday <laughs> after hypergrowth, uh, I told the whole creative team, I said, don't come into work, please just stay home. And I was like, I was like, oh, I was like, oh, so what'd you do? What'd you do? You're something good. He's like, I just kind of had one of those days, like went grocery shopping, clean the house. I'm like, I would write a blank check. <laughs> I would write a blank check for that day. One of those. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, Dave, one of those. Ah, days. I got the laundry <laughs> done. I, you know, watch. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sorry. it was like I was literally folding a shirt last night, folding a shirt, and at the same time, like <laughs> pulling the the like window shade cord back from Henry's neck, right? Which is like I'm sure we'll get all yeah, these. That's why you got two like, hands. Henry. You yeah. got two hands. It was crazy. Anyway, so uh, so he would start off the meeting asking people about the weekend, asking people a weekend yeah. report, and so at the demand gen meetings now, we start like I said it for every week, but we start with like, uh, last week's was tell me, I want you to share a failure. It doesn't have to be a drift. It doesn't have to be over last week. Although this is also going to be in a recurring agenda item, which is like share a fail from that week, which I, which I did at my last company too, uh, which every week we'd get in and everybody had to share a fail. And if you told me like, Oh, I failed because I had to take a day of PTO this week. And like, I didn't get as much done. I'd be like, that's the worst fail I ever heard. I don't want to hear that. That's crap. Right. Like, I don't, don't give me these like right. uh, self aggrandizing fails. I like want to hear for real. Like, so somebody would come in and be like, oh, I failed because I sent an invite for to like 50,000 people yeah. for a webinar that was actually on the wrong day. Yeah. And I was like, yes, yes, like that's so good. That's Did you so see good. my LinkedIn post like a week ago? No, I didn't. I wrote, um, I said something like, uh, look, LinkedIn has become, and I'm guilty of this too, uh, uh, become a place where marketing people just go and like dump on salespeople. So I'm going to try to change the narrative. I'll share two huge marketing mistakes that I've made. One of them was leaving the wrong AdWords campaign on over uh, for seven days and probably cost us like 15 grand. Sorry, Will. Um, (laughs) And then the traffic numbers were off for about a year. And then one of them was the the exact email example. I I sent a blank 
I just sent an email template to just 10,000 people. Yeah. And uh, you know, we're marketing to marketers, like the amount of people on that oh, list that, so that made their day to just tell me that I did that. I'm like, I know, I screwed up. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I so I love that. It makes it real. Yeah, I think the example, like the PTO example, is like, okay, whatever. Like, what did you, what did you really screw up? Yeah. Like, I want like real stuff because yeah. I, like, I don't mind failing. What I mind is failing the same thing three times. Right. So like doing that three times over and learning that same lesson again and again. So again. the soft skills, the soft so skills. So soft matter. skills piece. So then the other thing. So now like in today's uh, meeting, the soft skills piece, the, the thing that we're covering, and th the reason why Bill does this also is like it builds a team, so it gets to know about you right. as like the whole person yeah, of yeah. you, like yeah. the whole. Uh, the whole you and build a culture of like psychological safety among the team, which is uh, there was a huge study on that, right? Like where that's uh, they did a huge study at Google, which was like the teams that were most successful had that culture of uh, psychological safety in them. Yeah. But anyway, so that's why we that's why we do that. And so like I have to build it into like the reps and sets and like the the rituals that we have as a team to also do that. But like also I have to remind myself like. I, sometimes I'm just like, okay, okay, we are we are not saving lives here. It's okay, like, right? We're like, yeah, we're not. We're like, we're helping marketers achieve yeah. their goals. Yeah. Like, Make nobody's more gonna money. die today. No, no one's gonna die if they don't get a chat yeah. bot. It's hard in the moment, though. You definitely feel the yeah. the, the pressure of that. Yeah. Um, I like the uh, yeah. Okay, so failures and soft skills. I dig it. Um, that's all. I'm done with my notes. Anything else on all, your mind? All those notes. I mean, I thought I did a pretty job hosting <laughs> this, to be honest with you. I'm not as thorough as my questions for the for the Survey Monkey um, CMO. Although I gave Those her are like next level. Okay, so so I was like really stuck. So here here's the deal. You, I asked you. I actually got advice from you because I'm like, I try to be super self-aware just in life, and I'm. I mean, maybe I don't always do it, and that would be like the biggest flaw if I'm talking about how I'm very self-aware, but now I'm not, right? And like, I just have this big fear of like most panel interviews and fireside chats just absolutely stink. Hmm. And they're not good. They say the same thing, you know, oh great, wow, you went to Wharton? Oh, and tell me about after Wharton, you went to Bain for oh, three years? So That's what everybody does. Like, and walk so, me through your LinkedIn yeah. profile. And so I just didn't want to do that. And so I asked you, I got some other advice, like, hey, what would make this not suck? And then I had this like, I was like really struggling to like prep for this because I didn't know how to do it in like a linear way. I didn't want it to be a linear way. So then I literally like one day I got out of the shower and I just had this kind of like, there's basically five different buckets uh, that I just came up with that I wanted to talk to her. So like bucket one was like career story. Bucket two is how she buys as a CMO. Another bucket was the role of the CMO. Another bucket was questions I had about her team. And then another bucket was like this fun kind of marketing word association. Yeah. And then I just worked there to then fill them in with questions. Then I just typed these up because there was no way I'd ever be able to read my handwriting on, on stage. And that was good because then it gave the interview like, I didn't have to go from here to here. I could basically pick off a topic and, and go. And uh, the feedback uh, was great. And it also helps when the biggest flaw, I think, is most people that you interview are not, they ha you have to understand when you're being interviewed and you need to push back. Like, mm. meaning like, it, and you were great on this podcast, but like a lot of people could come on and they're like, you just answer the question that I asked you and then stop. Next question, right? Yeah. Where it's like the best interviews are when it's a conversation. Yeah, um, Leela was great And at she that. was great at that. And the other thing, but, but what I love there is like the path to the CMO piece, which is like 
don't just tell me like okay then you did this tell me about your time there and yeah. it was like uh I yeah don't know. no like, she said one of the most real things that not this is a, this is a great topic she said a real thing which is like which is as we think about like career levels and structure at drift it's even interesting she was like i was a director at linkedin but that was basically a vp job mm -hmm. there were six thousand people at the company and i think that's so important because yes job title at the company stage is also really important. So like important. a director level person at a 6,000 person company, like, and so she actually shed light on that. She didn't just say like, and then so she said, I was basically already doing that job. Then when I went to Open Table, they had 800 people. Being the VP of marketing there was like something I had already done. Yeah, totally. And a different scale, she was already doing it. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And I never, heard, and then, then to become CMO, she went to a company that had 40 people. This is my favorite line. I, I tweeted that line where she was like, because you were like, well, how did you become CMO? How did you get the title of CMO? And she said, and and I think every, I think every person needs to hear this, but I think specifically women needed to hear this, which was, you, you said, how did you get the title of CMO? And she goes, actually, I, I think the job was actually written as VP of marketing. Mm -hmm. And she goes, I just asked for it mm -hmm. to be changed to CMO. Mm -hmm. It was like, and no, like not enough women specifically in the interview process would ever think to do that, right? It's just women specifically always go back and they say, uh, they're just, they just assume like, oh, well they must have clearly they've thought this out right. and like pontificated around the title of this for a very long time. So it's probably non-negotiable, which is like the reality is like, no, if you want something, just ask for it. Yeah, make right? it a requirement yeah. is part of your thing. Yeah. I love that. I wrote that down because um. We're gonna make that a clip that you should post as a result of that because yeah, it was a good rant. But yeah, I thought, I mean, she, she was real and that's the level of stuff that like I know you and I would wanna go sit around and have a coffee and listen to. I, not, not the whole career story stuff. I wanna know that. I love the rapid fire too where you were like, okay, one word, events. And she was like, tiresome. It was, was perfect. Like, yes, it thank was you, perfect. like so good. Like, so I, okay, so I did, if you weren't at Hypergrowth, I did marketing word association with with Leela. I just want to ask her one word. So I did podcasts, LinkedIn, webinars, events, YouTube, um, AI. The one I didn't get to was TikTok, but uh, I don't know if she would have had a good answer yeah. to that. And it was great because we were announcing our AI product later that afternoon and her answer to AI was like overhyped. Overrated. And the whole crowd was like... <laughs> But Elias loved it. All right, let's go. Let's go eat some lunch. We eat lunch at 11 o'clock at Drift, so it's 11.46. And, brunch. And that means we're, there's going to be no food it's the left. only brunch I get. Like, <laughs> I don't get brunch on the weekends. This is the only brunch yeah, I get. Yeah, it's like, oh, you eat lunch at your desk? I'm like, yeah, because it's lovely. <laughs> I can be on my computer and eat lunch. Like, I don't ever get that opportunity in any other part of my life. All right, Kate, thank you for doing it. Um, Thanks for if you if you're not connected with Kate, go do it. Look her up on LinkedIn, Kate Adams. I'm gonna plug yourself, uh, and then also follow on Twitter. I think it's K Adams 24. You got it. Not Kate Adams 24. That's no. Instagram. K Adams 24. So go and follow Kate. Uh, and if you follow Kate, then I can convince her to post more content like this on the regular because I think people need to hear it. All right, let's go eat some right. lettuce or something. Thanks, Dan.